0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading from a devotional book that's put out by Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Extreme Devotion. This book catalogs the struggles of God's people over past years. Today, we're going to Russia to a pastor, Brandikov, and we'll talk about how you can get your own copy of this book when we're finished. Local newspapers described the scene as savage. It wasn't a murder scene or a car wreck. It was a Bible study. Uh, the story appeared in a communist Russian newspaper around 1960, and it read in part, "...young boys and girls sing spiritual hymns, they receive the ritual baptism, and keep the evil, treacherous teaching of love toward the enemy." The story went on to disclose the shocking reality that many young people in the Communist Youth Organization were secretly Christians. We must believe our Savior as the first Christians did, Pastor Serebnikov told his youth group. For us, the principal law is the Bible. We recognize nothing else. We must hurry to save men from sin, especially the youth. The pastor was thrown in prison when the communists discovered a letter written by one of his converts. The teenage girl had written, I send you blessings from our beloved Lord. How much he loves me. Well, newspaper editorials wondered how communist students could choose to follow Christ and accuse the communist school of being powerless and deprived of light. They said that Christianity could snatch away its disciples from under the nose of their indifferent teachers. It wasn't the teacher's indifference. It was the call of Christ's love, as presented by Pastor Serebnikov and the members of his youth group, Christians who let their light shine in a darkened land. Matthew five fourteen and 15 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. You know the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. Familiar childhood song has a simple melody with not too many words to remember. It can stick in your mind for days after it's sung. Young children find the song easy to learn, but it's much more difficult to live, especially as we get older. How many chances do we have in a day to let our light shine and honor God? One or two, ten, twenty, the exact count doesn't matter. What does matter is our response to the events that we face every day. Who knows? Uh, your light may be just what others need to find their way home. Amen? Amen. That's called Extreme Devotion, the book is, and if you'd like a copy of it, just email Martyrs at org. It's not a free book, but they'll tell you how you can get it. And let's also read from this magazine. I just got mine yesterday from Voice of the Martyrs a couple days ago. And you can get yours every month free. I'll talk to you about that in a minute also. This year, this year, the title on the front says, After the Bombing, After the Bombing, where are they now? Ten years after the bombing. It's September 22nd. 2013, suicide bombers attacked the All Saints Church in Peshawar, Pakistan, after a Sunday worship service. One faithful couple, who lost two children in the attack, have helped bring hope and healing to their church, along with a biblical obedience to forgive their persecutors. Anaya almost stayed home from church that Sunday morning. Her husband, Fami. A young youth ministry coordinator in their province was on the other side of the globe at a Christian youth leaders conference, and so Anaya had to get their 11-year-old son Ishan and nine-year-old daughter Naher up and ready for the morning worship service by herself. Naher had woken up with a fever that morning, and Anaya was hesitant to take her to church. But the children begged their mother to take them to Sunday school, even enlisting their father's support during an early morning video chat. Anaya relented, and they headed to All Saints Church, just as they did every week. They were worried they would miss the Bible story, Anaya said. They were always curious and interested in going to church. Nahir's enthusiasm was no match for her fever, though, so she came to the sanctuary to rest in her mother's lap about halfway through the morning service. The closing hymn repeated the chorus, O Lord Jesus, we all need you. Anaya planned to skip the regular fellowship time after the service so she could get her sick daughter home, but she stopped briefly to talk with her sister and brother-in-law, and Ishan ran off to play with some friends. And then... Anaya's world was shattered. At 11.43 a.m., two suicide bombers detonated their explosives amid the roughly 700 congregants who had gathered in the courtyard for a fellowship meal. The death toll was initially reported to be 81, including seven children, with at least 150 more injured. Anaya was seriously injured, while Ishan and Nahe were among the seven children killed. Following the youth leaders' conference, Mom, Ma, Fami had spent a week with some cousins in another country. A local Pakistani congregation had asked him to speak at a youth event that Saturday. And after the event, he stayed up late to talk with Anaya and the children nine time zones away via video chat. In the middle of the night, Fami was roused from sleep by a phone call. His cousin, who was working a night shift, had seen footage of the Peshawar bombing on the news. Fami immediately called Anaya's phone but got no answer. Then he called his older brother and got no answer. He called every family member and friend he could think of, but nobody answered his calls. I turned on a Pakistani news channel and I saw the faces, all those faces familiar to me who were injured. Fami recalled, it seemed as if I was watching all of my family on that television. He continued to make phone calls until he finally got through to a friend from another church. He said that it is a very, very horrible situation in my church, but he didn't know about my family, Fami said. Eventually, Fami reached a friend who told him that Anaya was badly hurt. He knew nothing about the children. Within hours, friends helped Fami get an early flight home to Pakistan. I was just praying to God, Please, don't let anything bad have happened, that everything will be all right, he said. That was my prayer in my travel. I was sensing that something had happened. But even then I was praying, Please, God, let me see my family. He gathered bits and pieces of information as he traveled, checking the news and continuing to call between flights. He learned that his mother, two uncles, his brother-in-law, and some cousins had all been killed. In addition, his brothers, nieces, nephews, sisters-in-law, many friends were injured. And finally, someone confirmed that his precious children were gone. All Saints Church is a conspicuous and beautiful building set inside the old city walls of Peshawar. Its it's ornamental crosses and Bible verses painted on the gate mark it as Christian. But the mosque-like architecture was intended to make it welcoming to Muslims who make up approximately 98% of the Pakistani population. Painted over an arch in the front of the sanctuary are words from Isaiah 56.7, I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Peshawar, with a population of more than 2 million, is the gateway to the dangerous border frontier with Afghanistan. It's the capital of Khyber, Mpaktoukwa, a province, a violence-plagued area in northwestern Pakistan, where bombings and assassinations are not uncommon. Its mountainous, cave-riddled terrain has made KPK, as they call it, the haunt of numerous Islamic terrorist groups, including Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. The militant group Jundala, an offshoot of the Pakistani Taliban, (coughs) claimed responsibility For the All Saints bombing. Two Jundala suicide bombers, each wearing 13 pounds of hidden explosives packed with ball bearings and other metal pieces to cause maximum damage, slipped into the church with local workers who were delivering food for the fellowship meal. One of the men was stopped near an outside gate, but the other was nearly at the front door of the church when they detonated their explosives. Now, 10 years later, excuse me. <clears throat> the bombing remains one of the deadliest attacks committed against Christians in Pakistan. The final death toll, including victims who succumbed to their injuries weeks or even months after the bombing, was 127 people. Through all of the suffering and grief, All Saints Church remained a light to the community. A week after the attack, the church was open and filled with worshippers, including many of the wounded and bereaved. And when, near the close of the service, a car bomb was detonated in a market only blocks away, (coughs) churchgoers responded in prayer rather than blind panic. When Fami arrived in Peshawar, his first stop was to see his wife at the hospital. She was in intensive care, passing in and out of consciousness. Her body burned and riddled with shrapnel from the bombs. And because of her fragile conditions, <coughs> doctors advised Fami to hide the truth about the children's deaths from Anaya. So he smiled and encouraged her to focus on getting better, <coughs> dodging her questions about Ishan and Naher. The visit lasted only a few minutes before nurses sent him away. Fami's next stop was the morgue to identify his children and see his mother's body. For Fami, the days that followed were a blur. Most of the time I spent in the hospital, he said. My whole life was only my wife, because the kids were no more. So where else could I have been? Between short visits with Anaya, Fami visited others who had survived the attack. He prayed with and comforted widows, widowers, orphans, and parents who, like him, had lost family members in the blasts. He sat with the injured and provided encouragement while privately carrying his own grief. I was in the denial stage for a long time, so I didn't cry, Fami said. Friends said, why are you not crying? You've gone through all this suffering and lost so much. I was just looking at God. I was praying to God, but even sometimes I didn't know what to pray and how to pray and what to say to God. After ten days, about ten days after the bombing, A pastor visited All Saints and shared a message from Romans 8. He put a question before us, Fami said. Who will separate us from the love of God? Will this persecution? Will something else that is this bad? I asked this question of myself while I was sitting in the church. And then I gave the same answer as St. Paul did. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So that was the first motivation and strengthening of my faith. When Anaya was moved to a regular hospital ward Fami finally told her about the deaths of Ishan and Naher she was stunned and then she was angry that Fami had kept the truth from her angry that she had not gotten to say goodbye despite Anaya's anger Fami was relieved that they could finally mourn the loss of their children together Anaya had been reading the book of Job in the weeks preceding the bombing so those words echoed in her heart during her recovery and just as Job was faced with accusers, some friends suggested that Fami and Anaya might need to repent of some secret sin, as if the loss of their two children meant they were being punished by God. Fami and Ananiah knew that was contrary to what Jesus taught about loss and, and suffering, but they were still hurt and confused as they tried to process the tragedy. When I was in the hospital, my faith was a little bit shaken, and I was asking God why he had taken both of them, Anaya said. Even then, I was not blaming God. I didn't give up my faith. In all this mourning and throughout this situation, God was with us. It was God who consoled us and gave us comfort. Aniah began to have dreams of her children, seeing them in a place that she recognized as heaven. Uh, That gave me some comfort that my children are in this place, she said. Because Anaya was not able to attend church, Fami arranged for family and friends to come to their home uh, for prayer and worship services. All the family members gathered, Anaya recalled. That was a time for us to cope with the suffering. And God was with us through these worship services. It helped a lot and this story continues on in the in the magazine and i won't have time to finish it now but uh, come come back next time and you'll see the rest of that and there will be other stories like that uh, throughout the magazine this month you can have your own magazine sent to you you don't even have to wait till next week it could probably be there in just a couple of days uh, just contact the people at uh, the voice at the voice at vom or just just vom.org if you'd like to be put on the mailing list of The Voice of the Martyrs. And you'll get your free copy. This is totally free, every month, sent to your door. Well, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we will talk again soon. Bye-bye.